Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. The scriptures for this weekend speak to us about prayer. Prayer lies at the very heart of the spiritual life. If you look at the gospel, a typical day in the life of Jesus Christ was he would get up every day early in the morning, go to a deserted place, and pray to the Father. And then after he was finished, he would go about his business, preaching, teaching, healing the sick. And so prayer was indispensable to Jesus' daily life, which should also be for us. Now, from time to time, people come to me and voice their frustration with prayer. They don't know the proper prayer, as if one essential prayer captures God's attention and all others fall short. Well, there are many different forms of prayer. There's spontaneous prayers that are derived from the Holy Spirit working in and through us. There's structured prayers like the Our Father and the Hail Mary. If you look at the first reading in Genesis, here we have Abraham praying to God, and it's an interactive dialogue in which both are speaking to each other. In the Gospel, the apostles ask Jesus to teach them to pray like John taught his disciples. Well, what I'd like to do is turn to the early church fathers People like St. Augustine, St. Cyril of Alexandria, St. John Chrysostom. These people were spiritual giants, people of prayer. And they all wrote about four principles that are needed in our prayer life in order for our prayers to be effective. Four basic principles that we need to have present in order for our prayers to be truly effective for us. Now, the first principle in order for our prayers to be effective, is we have to pray with faith. Now, upon hearing this, you may scoff and say, well, of course I have faith. That's the reason why I'm praying. Well, if you read the Gospels, the majority of the time, before Jesus heals any person, he'll always ask them, do you believe that I will be able to heal you? Now, why does he do that? Well, he's trying to draw that person's faith out so as to raise it up, elevate it, and strengthen it so that after the person is healed, they truly believe in Jesus Christ and who he is, and therefore their faith is stronger for it. Well, we have to really believe when we pray that God does, yes, hear our prayers, and also that he will answer them. Remember, when Jesus went home to Nazareth, He was unable to perform many miracles there because of the lack of faith. Now, why is faith important in our prayers? Well, faith opens up the window to our soul, and it's then that God gives us his grace and his blessing in that answered prayer. If we don't have faith when we pray, then that window to our soul is closed, 
and it's hard for God's grace to permeate our soul. I'll give you a great example of this. A friend of mine just last year, he was visiting his parishioners in the hospital. And when he finished, he was making his way out of the hospital. And he was leaving the lobby area. All of a sudden, a man caught him by the arm and said, Are you a Catholic priest? And he said, Yes. And he said, Could you please pray over my wife? She's a devout Catholic. Her condition is very grave. In fact, the doctors just told me that there's no hope for her to recover from her illness. And so my buddy said, Yes, sure, I'll pray over her. So they made their way to the ICU, and he went into the woman's room, and he began to pray over the woman. And he felt the power of the Holy Spirit overwhelm him to such a degree that he could feel the power of the Holy Spirit flow through him and into this woman. And a few days later, this woman recovered from her illness. And so faith is that conduit of God's grace that we need to plug into. And so we pray with faith. We believe and we trust that God, yes, he hears our prayers and will answer them. Maybe not the way that we want, but according to God's will. That's why we pray in the Our Father, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And so the first principle that makes our prayer effective, we have to pray with faith. The second principle that makes our prayer effective is we have to pray with forgiveness. In the gospel, Jesus teaches the apostles the Our Father. And remember, at the very end of the Our Father, we say, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive the trespasses of others. Prayer will not be effective unless we forgive. Therefore, we have to stop holding grudges. If we harbor grudges, if we have a lack of forgiveness, it blocks the flow of God's grace. Now, why is that? Because God is love itself. If we are harboring grudges, that's just the opposite of love. Now, I'm not naive to know the fact that many of us have felt some injustice in our life, that many of us have been victims of people that have hurt us, whether of what they've said or what they've done. And we hold on to those feelings and those thoughts. It's hard for us to let them go. If we feel this way, one remedy might be for us to sit or kneel before the crucifix. When we gaze upon the crucifix, we see the greatest injustice ever in world history. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, innocent though he was, betrayed at the end of his life by his apostles and then crucified by the world. And yet, what does Jesus do? The first thing after he rises from the dead, he goes to his apostles and he forgives them. And then he forgives the world for what they've done. So, one of the aspects or principles of making our prayer effective is we have to forgive. A third principle that makes our prayer effective is persistence. Up and down the Bible, you see persistence in prayer. Just look at the first reading. Here we have Abraham. He's asking God to spare the people from God destroying Sodom and Gomorrah. God wants to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for their sinfulness. And yet Abraham steps in and he wants to intervene on behalf of the good people that are living in those cities. That's why Abraham is persistent in asking God, God, if there are just 50 people in the city, will you destroy it? 
God says no. Then Abraham says, well, maybe if there's just 45, will you destroy it? And God says no. And then Abraham is very persistent. Maybe if there's 40, 30, 20. It reminds me of that kid in the back of the seat of a car on a long car ride or a trip. And he keeps nagging the parents, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Well, look at the gospel. Look at Jesus, how he teaches his apostles to pray. He says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Well, you've just prayed and nothing's happened. Your prayer hasn't been answered. Well, don't stop. Continue on. For the next several weeks, the next several months, maybe the next several years. And so it begs the time-honored question, why? Why does God make us wait to answer our prayers? Is it because he's not paying attention to us? Is it because he's testing us or testing our faith? Is it because we've done something that offended God and now he's angry with us? Well, I think the best answer to that question is the one in which we have to turn to St. Augustine. St. Augustine says, God makes us wait for our prayers to be answered because he wants our hearts to have time enough to expand, enough so that we're able to receive all the graces and all the blessings of that answered prayer. Now, during this time in which we're praying and we're waiting, what is God doing? Well, he's stretching and he's pulling our heart until the heart is expanded enough to receive and appreciate all the blessings of that answered prayer. Now, suppose God answered our prayers right away without any waiting whatsoever. What's the problem? Well, after a while, we would take for granted those answered prayers. We would no longer appreciate them. And so we pray for days and weeks, months, even years, remembering and believing and trusting that God, all the while we're waiting, is expanding our heart such that it is able to receive all the grace and all the blessings of that answered prayer. So we have to be persistent. The fourth principle that makes our prayer effective is we pray always in Jesus' name. If you listen to the prayers throughout our Mass, we always conclude the majority of our prayers in which we say, we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Now, why do we do that? Well, when we pray in Jesus' name, we align our prayer to the prayer of Christ. We are orientating ourselves and we are aligning our will to Jesus Christ and his will. That's what makes our prayer effective. Now, we cannot pray, one in which we say, Lord, I pray that I may win the lottery so I can be a zillionaire. I ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, no, that's not going to fly. Not at all. That's not in line with the will of Jesus Christ. Remember what Jesus said in the gospel, you cannot serve both God and Mammon." Or we say, Lord, I pray for vengeance and destruction of my enemies. I ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, that's not going to fly either. Jesus was the Prince of Peace. He always promoted peace. In fact, at the very end of his life, he taught us that we must love our enemies. And so, we must pray in a right spirit, always aligned to the will of God. Then our prayer will be effective. 
See, that's why Jesus in the gospel, he teaches apostles, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Well, some examples of a good, effective prayer. You say, Lord, I pray for peace in this world. Good. That's very good. Why? Because you have aligned that prayer to the prayer of Jesus Christ. Jesus was the Prince of Peace. Or we pray, Lord, I pray for healing of one of my family members or maybe myself. Good. That's very good. Because now you have aligned your will to the will of God. Jesus always healed people that asked for healing. Friends, today we recognize in the scriptures the power of prayer. And we turn to the early church fathers to help us to use the four principles that make our prayer effective. One, we have to pray with faith. Trust and believe that our prayers are heard and will be answered. Two, we pray with forgiveness. We remove those grudges so that God's grace will always flow into that open window of our soul. We pray with persistence. We don't give up. Whether it takes days or weeks or months or years, we don't give up because God is working on our heart. And finally, we pray in Jesus' name. We orientate our heart and our will to Jesus' heart and his will. We align them both together, and in doing so, our prayer will be effective. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.